0: Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Did you know we have a newsletter? It is over at businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your details. Charlie will send you an email every single, actually twice a week.
1: Don't miss it. That was the best intro you've done on the new brand. I was going to interrupt and put in like my smart ass comments, but I didn't want to ruin it. That was smooth. I I feel like I've moved on. I feel like I'm, I'm it. I'm in the zone now. Now, before I cock it up, let's just cue the disclaimer. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing. And I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Grant. Do you know what's changed in my life recently? Uh, Another kid. No, definitely not. Still got one. But that kid has changed. That's the perfect segue. That was almost planned. So what's changed is that Jack is sleeping in a little bit in the morning and then I've actually been able to go back to reading. So reading has been really difficult for me since having a kid um, because they're, they're up early and I can't resist. I want to play with Jack rather than you know, trying to ignore him while reading a book. But in recent times, I'm going back in and one of the things that I've been very much reminded of is that when you read a book, you have the ability to learn the lessons that someone's already traveled. Right? You literally get to condense someone's life experience into like, I don't know, maybe four or five hour read, if that's how long it takes to make a book. And yeah. while I was reading this morning, I learned this little interesting insight and I was like, wow, I, I really don't have to go through all the pain and suffering this person had been through to now make that change in my own life. And bringing that into today, I feel like that's what this podcast is. Like we're literally condensing the lessons of the year when it comes to business today into this episode and someone can literally swipe and deploy them and not have to experience those same challenges. Because lessons come from challenges, Grant. Lessons come from challenges.
0: But is it the slowest way to learn is by failure? But for some reason, I've just like mastered that as a skill set. So I can fail real quick at things and like learn real quick. But for some reason, I feel like it's not the most efficient way.
1: Coming from an ad guy that literally just split tests everything, right? Everything is like, oh, that found, We'll just try another one. Like, it, contextually, I get it, but it's—I don't know. Maybe there's something deeper to this. Like, some lessons, I really believe, you do have to learn through experience. Like, they're the ones that like really get it in. Like, where I've lost big money, I tend to learn really well. Imagine the Were you the type of kid when your
0: parents are like, "Don't stick the fork in the power outlet"? You're like looking at the fork, looking at the power outlet, looking at the parent. Look power <laughs> like, I think I might just need to find this one out myself. <laughs> I didn't go that far. It's <laughs> like, so maybe I should try. I do have a question for you. When you did this list, how many did you write down?
1: Because we're only going to pull I- up three each. Well, sometimes I we will do an episode like the panel of advisors one and I had 10 in 10 minutes and it was the <laughs> remainder of my week was then like culling out and forming which three I was going to pick. This was like that. This was absolutely like that. But some episodes I will say it's like I'll have one or two and it's really challenging to find the third point or whatever we've prepped for. But um, many valuable lessons and I was like, well, what would be the ones that I am – like citing is the most impact. Everyone I've pointed here I think has made the biggest difference once learned. So that's what I'm hoping to convey today.
0: Yeah, I was similar. I was like – it was like seven straight off the bat – And then it was just like, oh, what about all these other ones? And I'm like,
1: oh, yeah, they're probably all the same lesson. I just should have learned it better. Did you find that some of the lessons were like sub-lessons, like symptoms of the deeper like root cause lesson? I was like, hang on, if I if I learned this lesson, I wouldn't have had to learn the other ones that have come from it? It
0: I literally started out by just writing all the mistakes that I made during the year. (laughs) And I'm like, did I learn from any of these? Did I actually change anything? It was like,
1: yeah, maybe. (laughs) Do you feel this has been a year of big personal growth for you? It has. It it has been
0: probably the best way for me to summarize it. It's been a year of me finding out sort of what I enjoy and regrounding myself. So it's actually been like it's been a, a year of refinement is the word I will say. So it's been more of a what can I do to produce a little bit better of an act put what can I do to be a bit more focused? What can I be doing for these things as opposed to let's dive into something I've never looked at or never done before?
1: Yeah, some, some years, right, you, not a lot changes. I will really say that like business you may not ch- make massive moves but like this podcast only existed this year. There is so much change you and I have had to go through because we've developed this whole new brand or is it three brands now? I can't remember three brands. how many times three we brands. change changed this name. Um, <laughs> Six months, we'll, we'll do a fourth one, so We've, discal- we've developed our skill in rebranding. Like we're actually <laughs> specialists in rebranding now. Um, I got a template. the anyone like is- wants it. <laughs> <laughs> if the the end, end outcome of this show is we're a rebranding agency. If you need a rebrand, we, we got you covered. Come to us. We're the guys. <laughs> but when there are those bigger change years, oh, there's so much growth that comes from it. There really totally. is. And it may not be your most financially successful years either, right? is like sometimes the years where you uh, have the best result are the ones where you didn't change much or you didn't learn as many lessons, but it's like it's kind of like the farmer mentality, right? You might plant the seeds this year, but you only reap the fruit or rewards of it in another year.
0: I got one question before we dive into it. So it. when you were writing down this list, if you started off with like, well, what challenges did you come up with? And then like what lessons did you learn from it? Did you have any challenges that you came up with that you didn't actually learn from and that's still a challenge to this day? And it's like, ah, probably should have changed something <laughs> because that is actually still a challenge.
1: So diving into this list, I'll um, <laughs> not, not to change topic too quickly here. <laughs> Did I? I I had like two or three, and
0: I'm like, because I wrote down all the challenges I had, and I'm like, oh, this is a lesson. This is what I did to change it. This is what I did to improve it. And I got to these like three at the bottom. I'm like, shit. (laughs) Next year is a goal to fix these. That's what I'm 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 going to
1: start this right here. We're talking about the lessons. If it's still a challenge, (laughs) well, then you haven't got the lesson to share on the episode, right? (laughs) Totally.
0: No, totally. I just got to the point where doing this list, I realized that I still have lessons to learn <laughs> on the
1: shit that I'm still doing, that I need to What fix. if there's like, oh, always damn. lessons to learn and that's oh. how it's supposed to be? That was a great setup. That was me giving you an alley-oop. That's why we call you, you get, say, we're getting deep into this stuff. What if, the, um, if you expect your business not to have problems, and it does, you're always going to be unhappy and, and upset and frustrated and challenged. But if you just expect there's always problems and always new things coming and things will change there'll be more problems... Well, then you kind of, I I don't know, I find that calming. But let's go into it because I think this is a a big one. So Grant, from a business perspective, your first lesson of the three we're going to cover today. All right.
0: In essence, just in case you didn't know, Charlie, more is not necessarily better, except if you go to a steak restaurant. So... Let me lay it down for you. Oh, uh,
1: even in that, I've been—I've had a large, terrible
0: steak. <laughs> <laughs> I've had steaks where I'm like, I just need more of this. <laughs> stomach's like, well, you're full, and I'm like, no, I just need more. <laughs> like, just don't, don't stop the gluttony. All right, so let's rewind the clock. Uh, do you remember this year, start of the year, it would have been around April? I was moving from Sunshine Coast and made the pilgrimage back down to Melbourne.
1: I absolutely do,
0: <laughs> and I'm sure that you were sitting there going damn, Grant's got his shit all organized and holy smokes, is he over-delivering on absolutely everything. Never dropping the ball on anything, right? That's exactly how I remember it. (laughs) So what the guy was going through was I had about six different businesses that were all slamming me at the same time whilst I was trying to make the pilgrimage of going, Grant, we need your help on this. Uh, So for example, one of them, which is a software company that I had moved to the board from, uh, board too, I should say, still had some projects that they needed me to help them out with. And like, quick, 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 we need your help. I also then had another dental inventory management software that was trying to redefine their business model because they had some restrictions on some suppliers. Grant, we need your help. Quick, 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 quick. And I had equity in other businesses that want me, wanted my opinion around marketing, sales, et cetera. And then obviously everything that you and I did, such as this podcast, podcast editing service, doing some ad servicing. As well as some coaching clients. So uh, I was a bit of a mess on just sequencing and prioritizing. Okay, number one key is success podcast, podcast editing, and ads. Everything else in my life can just go
1: to shit. (laughs) You know, they've got a name for this. They they call it second business syndrome (laughs) the shiny objects. (laughs) Well, this was,
0: it's really interesting. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of people around like chasing shiny objects and how like having a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth business is not actually a good thing, Like, (laughs) then at the outset, it seems like you can do it, right? But the problem is when you have businesses that all start becoming successful and they all start having team and they all start having problems at the same time, well, the second, third order consequence is that you just don't have the time to manage it all. And that was where I was. So I always think of it like cupping water in the hands, where it's just like water's going to be filtering through. But what is the most important things to not slip through the cracks? And so I just prioritized everything. Uh, stopped doing yoga, stopped doing meditation, stopped going to the gym, stopped eating healthy. Um, well, kind of. My wife kind of helped me out on that one. And they just made sure that what you and I were doing was like creme de la creme. And then it got to a point of me going, I can't go on like this. I was just like, this. This has something has to change. So I got to Melbourne, started like just settled into ab- absolutely everything, and then I'm like, I just need to do a clearing house on this. So I formally moved myself to the boards of two of the businesses. So I'm like, hey, I don't answer operational questions, I don't do operational projects. This ain't my cup of tea. This is on you guys to fix. You can call me. You can call my mobile if you need anything. But no. Then I exited two businesses. So I actually sold out of my positions on them because I'm just like. I just can't play that game at all. And then you and I had some pretty good conversations most of the year around refining what we were doing as we were trying to figure out sort of where we were going to sort of target a lot of our time and effort, which inadvertently actually helped out as I was going through this carnage, which then, guess what, Charlie? I got to fix my health. I got to fix my eating, my nutrition. like, And then I actually got better at absolutely everything just because more is not necessarily better.
1: I love how was that for morning. a story? It was. And I, it's funny, I was even like reminiscing on like that time. And it's all, <laughs> it's all the little things that you really um, notice in that time. Like I could see you were busy, like really busy. It's and how and your, and your Slack messages get shorter, right? Or maybe you put on a few kilos because you weren't going to the gym. No, I'm just, no not judging, not judging. My bags down to like the bottom of my nose. Like it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> But I always find this really fascinating. Here's my like experience on the same kind of like realm is like I was really good at convincing myself that, hey, look, there's room in this case for a second business. And like when you're thinking of that or a third or fourth in your case, right, you almost convince yourself that, oh, well, when everything's running perfectly, there is room for it. Totally. But it takes no consideration for the idea that it's a changing world, problems come up environments change, and then this is the one that I still can't work out. Greg, don't you find it amazing that all of the businesses seem to want you at once? It's not like and one the of them has a problem one week and then the second one does, and then the compensation for that is we end up just doing a really poor quality job everywhere in all of it. Yeah, when it rains, it pours. and mm. it rains, it pours. Completely. And you know the thing that frustrated
0: me as well, Charlie? I... I went into these sort of investments, uh, some of them started quite a few years ago, with my eyes wide open, going, hey, I know that this would be another thing on top. And I've I've been, uh, what is it? I have been a victim of shiny object syndrome because, hey, it's not my fault. I'm a
1: victim. Victim. <clears throat> Thank you. And so you didn't you didn't say yes to those opportunities no, I this just is want to
0: the check. I'm, I'm the victim here they were lions and I was a helpless gazelle they hunted me down sunk their teeth into my jugular and I had no opportunity I couldn't could not escape so as I was a victim of this I'm like I knew like I've had this lesson learned previously for some reason I had to learn the lesson again <laughs> just because I don't know like I thought I thought that I had I thought I had figured it out. I thought, I'm like, well, I'm not like the one running it. And I presented myself as such. I'm like, I'm the one that they just call once a fortnight on a mobile phone for 30 minutes and the silver bullet goes and it's solved. But it's not the case. And so, exiting these positions and formally putting myself in board spots that only require my time once a quarter seems to have worked. <laughs> the last, we'll call it six months, I think I've been. Yeah, on top of it all, uh, I really sort of focused in. um, Some of the positions are now exiting now. Um, I just think that from a business perspective, this is, yeah, unfortunately
1: I'd had to learn it, but now I'm in a better spot. Can I ask how you actually addressed like making change here? Because I've been through this myself and it was very difficult, but I would love to know, did you kind of just sit down and go, look, this is the time I have available. These are all the opportunities. What actually fits here And what is the priority, or like, how did you go through the process of elimination in your case here?
0: Yeah, so there's this great um, superhero, superhero called Superman, and so that's that was my first objective, was just a Superman my way through it all. And uh, what a strategy? (laughs) I could write a book on it, Charlie. I could just write a book on it. Uh, Resilience. So then, after two weeks of that not working. (laughs) It got to a point of just mental carnage and sitting down with the wife going, so uh, what do you think makes me the most happy? And she's like, when you and Charlie do stuff, you always just don't shut up about it. And I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. And she's like, get rid of everything else. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like okay. <laughs> like, that was that was kind of it. External so then, feedback. I like that. Yeah, totally. totally. So then, uh, So some of them were easier to get out of. Like I just formalized and said, uh, so for like this, the enterprise project management company, it was just, hey, like I'm just going to be on the board. I can't be part of anything else. Like if you expect an immediate response from me, like you just can't have it. So the communicating to what they need to expect from me was kind of the key on that as well as sort of the other software company, which is, hey, this is when you get me, this is how it works. Um, and then just call my mobile when you need anything, but I'm not accountable to delivering anything. I'm just there as a, a consultant and informed. That is it. Uh, then for the ones that I'm like, I can't see myself doing this for the next three, five, 10 years, whether I had some sort of unique advantage or not, I just exited. Exited. So I spoke to the founders and said, hey, do you want to buy my equity back? Um, or "Oh, should we just wrap this thing up? Uh, they all just bought my equity back, which is awesome. So I then got cash to go and do other things, which we covered in the investing um, episode. Uh, and then it would just really sort of compressed down. And then what businesses that you and I were working on, we've had a lot of conversations around, hey, like we're doing too much. How do we compress them now? And so you and I have actually become super focused in, which is another point uh, that I'm going to talk about in business. But yeah, so it was more of this methodical. But I didn't. It didn't happen overnight. Like it was one at a time. How do I transition out of this? Because it's if I knee jerk reacted to these guys my reputation is going to be shot, they're going to be feeling pissed off and i got to work with these people for a long period of time. So it's more like, hey, how can I communicate this? How can you adjust? Like more than happy to help you now, but in two months' time, like no bueno. So that's kind of how I went around it. And now I look at where we are and I'm like, dude, it was the greatest thing ever.
1: And It's like I'm just oh, Does it, make that doesn't doesn't it again. sting you when it turns out it was like ah, oh, and it worked. It was like Su- making, oh, I wanted supermaning to be the thing. <laughs> I'm
0: making more money than ever. I'm happier than ever. I got better sleep than ever. Fitness is best. Health is best. And I'm like, ah, why, why, Charlie, why? But yes. Anyway, that's enough shooting of me shooting on myself. Charlie, what about you? What's uh, what's
1: what's your first lesson learned? We might relabel this therapy for the, these episodes <laughs> on the lessons learned. Although I do enjoy it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so, h- huge lesson for me this year is better business model wins. Fair. That's All right. Good so, throughout this year, one of the things that we re-engineered is the business model that is the media company. Now, why we did that was because there were some severe challenges around recruiting. And there was some severe challenges around inflation. So we had this like uh, environment occur where I was actually feeling quite a lot of pressure because I was watching margins get compressed and then I was also seeing the amount of people we would need to be able to deliver some of the things uh, we were doing. I'm like, this isn't going to work. Like we're just going to get squeezed into this box. And I know many business owners out there that had a similar experience and didn't change their business model. And the result of that was that, Well, you just have to work harder. They end up picking up the slack and going into overdrive. So being I had a few people around me that were kind of in this similar position, like in digital services in general, what um, ended up occurring is that you and I ended up making a decision to change the services we offer. Now, we changed them based on trends. So what do people want? And then we also changed them based on margin. where Could we make a better profit from that and provide a better back end to that? And that change from, let's say, in Q1 where we had one type of business model to Q2 when we'd made those changes, I was like, my effort hasn't changed yet my life has. Completely, yeah. So I was like, wow, this is, this is really fascinating is the idea that I'm putting in the same amount of effort but yet the profit margin and also uh, time availability for me has ch- is improved immensely here. Yeah, And then I go, why didn't I do this a year ago? Totally. So on the back of that, so let's say Q2 rolled around and I'm looking at this going, wow, this like change of business model thing makes a huge difference in that way. I started observing people in the business models they're in a little bit more and like through either the people I'm uh, mentoring or working with or through just network in general. what I kind of find that once people get into a business model that kind of works – is they just hold. Like they don't yep. they don't try and change anything. It's like, I finally got something that works. All these years of struggling in business are finally holding on to something. And then there's <laughs> this like, yeah, adversity to change. And for me, I'm now recognizing there's there's levels up with all of this. And this is probably one that could have been in the investing episode as well, because I think this applies in that area particularly um, as well as it does here. But I would suspect that most business owners would benefit immensely from taking the time to actually re-engineer their business model to provide better outcomes. They could get substantially better results putting in the same amount of effort if the business model they had uh, supported them in a bigger way or a better way. Totally. And I've found myself
0: uh, falling into this sort of previously where the business model validation – in a very sort of layman's terms was do I just charge a little bit more or how do I get a little bit more efficiency and effectiveness out of what we're doing uh, which is not a business
1: model change that is just a completely an efficiency that's change. not a price rise and cut costs a little bit like Good. that's what and that's the illusion people go into that if i could just raise my prices 10% and cut my costs 10% this would all work out It'd be- like, it's so much deeper and
0: and I love this, and it, I know we've told this story before. Around like we've got our capacity planning spreadsheet. that's got like now it's probably got 120 tabs on
1: it. Um, Did you make a couple because- on the weekend? I lie. I was in there plotting and <laughs> <laughs> because it's it is the
0: way that we continually improve. Because it's like is this business model working? And it's not in the sense like it's not us looking at this saying a completely different business. but right? It is just a change of business model to the current business. as like, how do I do, offer something similar or the same or complementary or supplementary that people would still appeal to or want? The only difference is for me as a business owner, the business model means that I'm probably going to earn a bit more cash from it. Like I'm going to be able to utilize more team, less team, have more margins, less, depending on where I'm going for, as opposed to just going, Hey, let's just jump into a second business because that might have a better business
1: model. But I, I love this one. I think this is so undervalued. I really want to go a little bit deeper there because I think it's easy to confuse outcomes. You could re-engineer your business model to give you more free time.
0: It doesn't have to be a
1: profit thing that changed, right? Or you could re-engineer your business model to be more profitable. Um, You totally can. Or a little bit of both. Like there's different – depending on the outcome you desire would determine what re-engineering you do. Like if you're an engineer, literally where I'm going into it, and you have a bridge to build, you engineer the bridge to work. All right, so depending if you know you want to cross that chasm, you're going to need to engineer it in a certain way. So same same rules apply here. In the example I shared though was like we'd very much hit the recruiting challenges and inflation challenges. So for my example, I was re-engineering to solve those. So you can apply your own outcomes, but in this case here, that is the result that has been. Do you, do you feel
0: that the view is that it's so difficult to change the business model, which is why people don't change it? Or do you think that this is more of a like an awareness piece where everybody always talks to what we were just saying before, it's just increase your prices, decrease your cost of delivery, and that is the change that you need to do. Like, Why do you feel that – because it's not commonly spoken about. This is not a common lesson learned from a lot of people, and I'm just curious as to
1: why you think that is. I love this question, I really love this question I, I'm going to put it down to this I think for, and this is just pure speculation I can only speak for myself uh, here Grant, it wasn't a conversation that I was aware of All right, So what do they say? Necessity is the mother of creation Love that saying by the way Yep. Maybe get that tattoo done Although I don't have tattoos because my mum said I'm too pretty for tattoos When I was young And I've just <laughs> well, followed on with that <laughs> we'll, we'll get it just straight under your carpe diem tat That's great <laughs> So I'll get a T-shirt or a hat instead. It'll be fine. Um, anyway, coming coming back to this is that um, if you're not aware of this, how could you possibly make change to this? So for a lot of people, and I'll use um, another example. For a lot of people, when uh, a loved one passes away, that's the thing that suddenly changes their life. Like there have there's these moments or in our lives or inflection points where we are open to change. It's very very rare that someone's just continually like fully aware to things. So in general, I think moments create change of awareness. And when someone listens to this, my hope is that it becomes an awareness moment for them. So if you're not aware of something, how could you possibly make change to it? The second one is, I'll say from here, is that it's not, in your point, common conversation. So if someone did want to make an improvement to their business model, how and do you approach it? Where if you want to, like, if you're being bombarded with marketing messages, and you're seeing all these things about marketing, well, then it's much easier to develop those skills. I would make the argument as well that there's just not that many people that have actually delved into this. Like mm. there's a lot of accidental business models. It's like you started as a carpenter, you started a carpentry business. Great, that's what I'm doing. And then you just copy everyone else in your network where this is a much deeper thing that I suspect will probably uh, unpack a lot more of in the podcast next year that I think can have immense effects in that way.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I love it just because there's so many layers to that onion, <laughs> which is like because it's not as it's not as easy as something like what my, my, my less is best, because <laughs> it's like it's not as obvious. It doesn't slap you in the face because if you were to review your year and you did increase your prices and people stayed, or you did decrease your cost of delivery, it's a win. Where the opportunity cost of hey, what would have happened
1: if you changed your business model? Right, like it's not just this obvious one. I it did hit me. You, And I know we're meant to be pressing through our points. We may have to break (laughs) this episode into two because we're running long already. But it is what it is. We can do what we want. What if for a lot of people they're in a business model and it's not producing the results they want, whether it's money, time, whatever it is. And instead of fixing the business model, they just go, this business is shit. I'm going to get a second business. So what if the solution they've come up with instead of re-engineering the business to be better or doing the things that business was required is a new business would solve this. I, totally. I, I dated a brunette. She was crazy. Now I'm going to date a blonde. Yeah, causation correlation. <laughs> it's exactly. Like, totally. Dragging the experience. It's, I think it's a really fascinating thing. And it's also it's a bit of a trap because uh, I
0: even know in my journey of having a services business before I got into software as a service, yeah. Like I'd always see people talking about these other business models that were always like so more profitable or like that have like these massive exits. And I'm like, ooh, the allure of that. And I'm like, no, I could just apply a better business model into what I currently do that could get me the same outcome. But nope, for some reason,
1: the allure of a different business was just more appealing. Don't you find this funny? Do you, uh, I, I know we've spoken about this, but I'm just... Whenever we go to a property meetup, right? So when we're going and we're talking to property developers... How all of them want to be in online. Like they all yep. want like online businesses and want to do courses and and things like that. But then whenever we meet up with people that are in online, all of them want to be in property. Property. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's gra- the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, Charlie. It's Apparently, we're
0: never happy. We're never happy with what we got.
1: I'm happy, just say so you no, know, Grant. But anyway, transitioning seem- into point two here. <laughs> Let's go in. What's your second lesson of the year? So this, this is an interesting one because it is. Wait, I will decide if
0: it's interesting or not. No, I will tell you. You can give the point. This is me trying to get three yeses from the audience before I say something, so everyone's in agreement with me. (laughs) So this is the interesting one, right, Give me the the lesson, then I'll tell you if it's interesting (laughs) or not. Go for it. All right. So my lesson is the quest for constant improvement or constant change cannot slash should not be at the sacrifice of pre-existing high-quality routines or habits.
1: That, so, like,
0: that is actually pretty interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> okay. So, the whole point is you and I love change. We love change more than anything. Change, you just mentioned about how much we enjoy changing business models. So, I got two stories for you. Uh, we have changed business models and tweaked what we deliver and the services that we do. I'm going to throw it out there four times this year, Charlie. Drinking? Maybe five? Four. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Who's keeping score? I'll go school.
0: with But it <laughs> plead the fifth. I'm not gonna say anything. Uh, and every single time that we change it, it creates this project to improve, tweak, adjust, etc. Right. And a rebrand of this is, is one of those things. So we had changed sort of what we were delivering, which was like just podcast editing, and we started doing sort of the ads on the side. And so this ad needed, TLC needed a whole heap of work in order for that to be spooled up, set up, delivered, managed, maintained. And so that's what we did.
1: And so we so set up can these- I, Can I just pull in a example there? We were doing podcast uh, editing and then we brought in the clips and amplification and running ads for podcasts in that context. So it's adding on the complementary service. but completely, on. Completely. And so that is a team, that is a process, that
0: is a system, a review that needs to be set up. And so what did I do? I sort of pivoted a lot of my focus to doing that. So in the mornings, it would be following up on how are the ads going. It would be following up on the ad rotations. It would be following up on these things. At at the sacrifice of the behaviors that I was already doing to keep an eye on the podcast editing. So the follow-ups, the check-ins, the everything that I was doing in the morning for the podcast editing just became a, I'll do it in the afternoon. Right, And so I ended up replacing a really good habit with this new one for constant improvement at not so much the sacrifice of it, but I just did not have the same awareness. I wasn't able to improve it and I just wasn't giving the TLC to the team that they needed and that they should have had Right, because we were constantly improving. And so I'm like, I just can't continue to change and improve on top of this whilst ruining these other behaviors. And I'll give you another example of what I did in health. So we had our running challenge in the morning during the year.
1: And so I threw my knees have only just recovered from our running challenge earlier in the year. But (laughs) so in order to run, I
0: threw out doing yoga and I threw out doing meditation. And I'm like, Cool, I'm going to throw a run in here. Your knees died and then I felt bad not having a competitor to compete against. So I we started going to the gym in the morning and competing at the gym instead. So I sacrificed, um, I used to do follow-ups with the team in the morning. And so I just moved all of these things to later in the day, right, so that I could punch the gym in the morning. Inadvertently, other more important things would pop up, and these routines just disappeared and slipped through the cracks, and I just stopped doing them. And it wasn't until after a couple of months where I stopped and I looked back and I'm like, why aren't my days as structured and as productive as they used to be. And I looked back at my calendar of what it was previously. And I'm like, oh, wait, I used to do all these things to prep myself for a good day, which is like yoga, meditation, team follow-up and planning. And I'd push them to the end of the day. And then I'd like stop doing them because I'm like, well, the day's already finished. <laughs> and so then I'm like, wait a second. So for this, and, and it was all in Good thought. Like I was trying to improve our business model. Yeah, seeking I was trying to improve my body. Definitely. Totally. And it wasn't until I stopped and reflected, which I do quite regularly, you and I are pretty adapted to change, where I looked back and I said, why am I not producing the outcomes or the happiness or the efficiency or the clarity that I once did? And I actually just looked back at my previous calendars and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not doing the catch-ups to the team. I'm not reviewing the podcasts the way that I used to. I'm not giving the team the TLC. And I'm not giving my body the flexibility. I'm not giving my mind the mental clarity of meditation. And I'm like, those things are actually really good habits for me to maintain. So then I changed again. <laughs> and I'm like, I actually sacrificed these things that were defining our success in business, but also for me in health, which I suggested it is business as well because the better I am in mental clarity, the better I am in business. And I actually sacrificed it. Only just to go back as well. So, in summary, Charlie, the quest for constant improvement or change just should not be at sacrifice of other things that are actually the reason why you're
1: successful. I do think it's great you seek constant improvement. I think that's why I'm cautious. uh, Becoming fixed and stagnant is dangerous, right? If you're Mm. someone who doesn't evolve your routines and rituals and habits, Uh, based on what's going on, I look at that and go, that can be incredibly damaging. We change, right? The habits, routines, and rituals that work for us in our 30s are not going to be the same ones that are, let's say, in our 60s, where maybe mobility becomes more important um, in the health example. The thing I would love to uh, get your view on here is, though, do you believe that rituals, habits, and routines are individualized and circumstantial, or is there like – so for to bring more to that is like, is there a set of things that work for you and it just works for you or do you believe in the more universal approach where it's like, okay, well, everyone should get up and do exercise? I'm a bit of a selfish
0: human being. <laughs> so i guess like, is me. I'm like, whatever applies to myself. Although I will say that a lot of my ideas come from others. Like the things that I will test is me going, hey, my joints are hurting. What can I do to make my joints not hurt? Or, hey, um, the team might not be collaborating the best way that they should be collaborating. What can I do differently to help them collaborate more and all those kind of things, which is very sort of unique to myself. But in saying that, which is I believe 90% of it is individual, right, because as I say, everybody is different. Although I will say that an element is similar for everybody. Like everybody should be exercising Everybody should be communicating with their team. Everybody should be planning. Everybody should be doing these things. It's just how they do it is unique for them. It's like, have you heard of like the bears and the lions and stuff, which is like their sleep? Like when people wake up, if they're very active in the morning, they're like a lion. But when people wake up in the morning and they're very active at night, they're like a bear or something like this. And so everybody is different. So they should just adapt to whatever works for them as opposed to just what works for one person.
1: And is that genetic or environment? I feel like it's.
0: I feel like it's probably more genetic. <laughs> I think the people are just slightly different. Although I say that, isn't, I'll go with that. That's my knee-jerk response. I'll say genetic. But I think that you can change it if you really want to. Interesting.
1: I'm ready for my lesson number two? And I've been waiting 37 minutes for it. <laughs> I'm just the like delaying pa- it. Just to I was going to really say, I'm like, the bit pause bit. is amazing. <laughs> 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 I'm like, did you write this down or are you thinking about it now? <laughs> no, I'm changing these on the go. No, I'm not. I'm like, oh, Grant's point was really good. I better up my up my game here. I need to think oh, of a this new lesson. A, have we got another competition? Like this? <laughs> no, I was thinking I would actually love to get back to running. It would, it would be a great habit to instill next year, but we'll see. Got an, uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, next one. Different season, different strategies and tactics. Yeah. Okay. Tell so me more. Tell again, me. to my – and I'm, I'm kind of realizing as I go through my lessons here is like the environments that have occurred this year have been where I've uh, learned a lot of my different lessons from. So, for example, if you were to go back the last – let's say go back three years when recruiting was way easier, put a job ad up in the morning, by the end of the day, you could literally have someone start work. That's what it was like in the industry uh, we are in. Like a lot of video editors were out there for an example where during let's say the last 12 months has been recruiting has been a much more challenging process whether it's via supply and demand, people getting out of the industry, whatever it is, it is what it is. Um, When I look at this now and going, this year provided a very different experience from let's just say previously we had some boom years and now we've had what is known as a bust year. So that's just in an economic cycle type of way of doing it. My thing I look at, though, is that just because it's, let's say, a bust year or a recessionary year, it doesn't have to be one for you. It really doesn't. But you do have to change the strategies and tactics you use. And I love this analogy to think of it. Let's pretend summer is the boom years and winter is the bust years. So, we have these massive economic winds at a global scale in summer, and then we have these economic uh, downturns in in the winter. Now, if I said to you, Grant, hey, look, it's summer, and it is summer-ish, a summer-ish day outside right now. I go, well, if you knew it was going to be 40 degrees outside and you had to be out in the weather, like, what would you do? You'd take a hat, some sunscreen, like, you would start applying strategies and tactics to do well in that environment. Now, if it's conversely winter and it's pouring with rain and you know you've got to be outside, would you maybe wear warm clothing? Maybe bring a raincoat or an umbrella? So different season, different strategies would allow you to do better there. And like this principle actually applies to business. So if you're an accountant in summer, you might offer things like, let me um, minimize your tax for all the gains you're making. Right? It's a really good strategy. But then in winter, you might actually offer, let me do a cost-cutting review. I'm going to go through and show you how to trim expenses. You may be very close to delivering that same service, but in different seasons, they can do well depending. And I really like to think this year I've developed a set of skills when things aren't the boom cycles we've been so accustomed to in the last years. Where things are different, I've totally got a new set of skills that can really apply here. This is, yeah, I've been through this
0: and I'm going to apply one more layer to it, which is just, it might just not be obvious for anyone. I think of this as internal and external as well, right? So the different seasons from a macro view like yourself, which is like, well, is it a boom or a bust? Well, if it's a bust, then maybe how can I help people in your accounting example, save money? Where it's like in a boom, it's like, well, how can I help you um, acquire more profit or like collect more profits. But also think about it internally. So like what do you do inside your business or even for yourself personally? Like if I am a new father, for example, that is a different season to when I wasn't a father. And so how do I, what strategies and tactics do I deploy to run my business when I have that? Right. Cause I can't do an 80 hour week in that scenario. And it's not that it's better or worse. It's just a different season, right? Which means I just need different strategies and tactics. Same with um, if, uh, I don't know, the headwind and tailwind of recruitment as I, what is the season that I'm about to go to internal to my business? Like this concept is so applicable to everything. (laughs) And I think that the more people that realize that, and I think your equation is perfect, like the different season equals different strategies and tactic. Like that's it. Like that is a blanket across absolutely everything, not just like, the external forces, it's the internal forces, it's yourself personally, it's your family, it's the workers, it's like everything has its own season, and they will all not be tailwinds at one time, and they will all not be headwinds at one time. They will all change, right? Um, this, this is a this is a big one. When, when did you realize that that was like a lesson? Is that? because there were situations in the past that you hadn't changed based on the season that you, like you weren't able to see that there was a season that you needed to change to, Or was this more something where you're, it's more like a realization that, Hey, like I've played this very well. Well, Why did I play this very well? I'm just aware of things change all the time and I'm happy to change with it.
1: Yeah. So in Q3 this year, um, when interest rates started rising, it became very apparent to me that the likelihood of a recession was massively increased. Like in doing this show, we do a lot of economic research and when we were going through it, I'm like, it seems very likely that if the intent of interest rates is to destroy demand. So by very nature, when they put interest rates up, they're trying to slow down the economy, the chances of a recession increase substantially. Like that's what they're trying to do. So when... I had come to the conclusion that on the – I think it was like the third or fourth rate rise they did is that this likelihood is becoming more and more likely. Noting I don't know when it's going to happen, I started to go through a bit of a fear cycle myself. And I'll be transparent here. I was like, well, if rates keep going up, does this mean I need to start selling property? Does this mean I need to bunker down and be ready to survive a harsh winter? Like what does that actually – what does it actually mean to be going through one of these in the position I'm in today? which has been very different than previous recessions. So I go, is there something where the bunkering down approach is there? And I, I just didn't sit with me. I massively dislike the idea that something would happen and the re- response is to wait it out. I just don't feel like sitting on the sidelines and pretending like, oh, we'll just wait for better days and then we'll do something again <laughs> is the right attitude. I don't. And I was bridge. like, yeah. And uh, one of the investors I admire the most, which is Howard Marks, is the guy that invested like billions at the bottom of the GFC, right? So when everyone was panic selling, he was he was purchasing. Um, I think it was like I can't remember a distressed debt or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, don't quote me on the exacts of his philosophy, but it's like why he actually did so well is he was able to develop a strategy that worked really well in a recession, and then that's where he dominates. So for Howard, he's like, I'm sitting there being fearful of recessions he's almost like bored waiting for the next one. It's like, ah, oh, it- boom times, times are good yeah. again. Ah, oh, this, is, this is terrible. Oh. And it, it really um, changed the mentality, right? It changed the mentality here. And like, I took that investing principle and then wanted to bring it across to business and go, do you know what? Mm. There are businesses that do extremely well in challenging times. Like, and I'll use this as a, what I'll call obvious, but not necessarily nice example, If businesses are going bankrupt, if you're in the business of bankruptcies, this is your season. Win. (laughs) Winning. Yep. Exactly. So I then asked myself a very what I would like to think empowering question, Grant, of the idea of going, well, what if I don't have to be in the camp of, ah, I can win in the boom and not in the bust, or I can win when times are good but I can't win when times are challenging. What if my skills and ability was going, well, Just treat it like the weather. And that's why I love Mm. that example of going, well, if you know it's raining outside, what's the strategy that would enable you to win in the rain? What's the tactics that work when it's in the rain? And then conversely, where do I lean from here? The conclusion I came to and the belief I want to have, and this is opinion, you don't have to take on this opinion and nor does anyone else, is I live in a world where it doesn't matter if it's sunny or raining I'm going to develop the skills, attitudes, behaviors, all of it so I get to win and play in both. Totally. <clears throat> Before
0: I continue my point Charlie, I just wanted to just tell you that was 5 minutes of us talking with no jokes. Like I feel like we deserve like a medal for that.
1: that what are you doing in autumn? <laughs> Shit about. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it's interesting.
0: So I actually have a thought about this concept Uh, and it's not it's not a joke charlie so i'm sorry i'm going to disappoint you uh you and i speak a lot about the things that happen in the business outside of the business as headwinds and tailwinds so (laughs) just think of it like this like imagine you were to build a list of everything that you that impacts your business whether it's internal which be like team business model revenue etc external is (laughs) jack (laughs) external is like uh interest rates inflation all these things and just go, is it a headwind or a tailwind? Like, is it working to your benefit or is it working to your detriment? And if it's working to your detriment, the question is, how do I play this to Howard Marks? How do I play this so that it becomes a headwind? So if I don't know, recruitment at a large capacity is a headwind, which means that it's working against you, how do you turn it into a tailwind? Until you just have everything as a tailwind. And that is what everybody's starting to look for. It's like like Howard Marks sees uh, everybody going, well, I'm selling, panic selling, everything's going down. He's like, oh, that's a headwind to everybody else. How do I turn this into a tailwind? I like think he's just looking for the opposite. Uh, and you can actually just do that <clears throat> do that to total review. Like We could probably do an episode on it too, Charlie. I think the,
1: you can tell I'm in, like I'm, I'm sold. Where do I sign up? I'm convinced like, of- I found a way to get a Keith Cunningham quote into this episode, so I'm going to do yes! it. If all you have is a hammer, everything needs to be a nail. Yep. But if you've got... Different tools, you know, you get to do it differently. So just put it out there. Charlie.
0: This is our web it's it's our podcast. We get to do what I want. What we want. Do you want to do a third
1: point inch? So I tell you what, that's a that's a deep question, great We might have to contemplate it. Absolutely. We should, absolutely. <laughs> All right. If you're on a run or if you're at the gym, just be prepared for another 10 minutes. <laughs> and just so you're gonna go after we finish recording this, I'm then gonna sit there, gran and go. We're going to have to turn this into two episodes. It's run and let It's run and <laughs> All
0: right, Charlie. We have run way too long. You <laughs> to just to... kept
1: talking. Like, what's your problem, right? It's like, get to the point, Grant. Come on.
0: <laughs> I'm pulling it up. We are going to have to cut this into two parts. So, if you're listening, apologies. It is great. It's actually awesome. Be sure to tune in to the next episode where we're going to drop in part two. And make sure that you're actually subscribed to the newsletter so we can let you know when it drops. Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your details and we'll let you know when uh, part two comes through. Charlie, why are you laughing? What's what's this?
1: Because we're professionals here, right? (laughs) (laughs) We don't at all just end up ranting and breaking episodes into two. Does Doesn't happen? (laughs) The absolute cowboys. All right,
0: just want to say thank you again for joining us and we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Business and Investing.